Welcome back to the Posting Up podcast here with your host, Alec Jesse. Um, I'm back. We're back for the second episode of the season three. Um, we are less than five weeks away from basketball, from college basketball. Um, it is a Wednesday, uh, October 3rd. Um, exciting stuff. Right, we're getting we're getting closer by the day. And uh, originally today, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, my rankings. That's going to have to hold off a little bit, I think, um, because we have a lot. We might be able to fit it in, but who knows? Uh, I'm just gonna, we're just going to go from here. Um, but we have a lot of recruiting to get to, and uh, there's a there's a trial going on. There is a federal trial going on about the corruption in college basketball. Um, so that will we'll definitely talk about that, and um, yeah, I, I think I, I think we'll go from there. But yeah, it's tons of recruiting going on, and um, like I promised last week, I am going to talk about uh, the Duke struggles in the class of 2019. But first off, we have, like I said, we got some scandal going on, or really just uh, the scandal from last year. Um, so the trial began. That trial has begun this week. We are now on day three. Day one, I think, was just um, I think coming up with a witness list. I think yesterday was opening statements from the uh, prosecution and the defense lawyers on both sides. And today um, we started getting some some testimony. Um, who all uh, tes- testify? Let me pull it up. But yeah, so the, obviously the main guys. In this, you know, it's the Christian Dawkins. Uh, I think his name was Jim Gatto, uh, and someone testified today. Yeah, James Gatto, excuse me, uh, AD's consultant Merle Code, and there's someone today with the last name of Sued, but I do not know his first name. I'm trying to find it, but anyway. Um, obviously, so they, they've obviously begun answering questions from the prosecution side, and um, the defense is, make, is making the case that this, that this is not a crime, a federal crime, it's just breaking NCAA rules. So really what we're interested in isn't even whether these guys are going to prison or not, which I think it, we really don't know to a great extent if this is even a crime, what has happened. Uh, with the Adidas guys trying to um, keep their essentially their Adidas players uh, in in like or get them to go to the that same affiliate school um, and then try to get them try to steer them away from other from Nike and whatnot trying to bribe them to go to Adidas universities and then when they go to the pros sign with. Um, Adidas sponsorships, sign with those agents and whatnot. But so obviously, a lot of the talk has been centered around Brian Bowen, and with with that, Oregon was a school that popped up as one that was about to spend a lot of money. It was about to become a bidding war between Louisville and Oregon. I think Oregon, the, the quote was like they were prepared to pay a lot of money, an astronomical amount of money to get Brian Bowen to come to Oregon. Um, I think DePaul has been mentioned with that. Um, obviously Louisville. And it sounds like, um, well, under oath today, this uh, guy with the last name of sued said that he gave Brian Bowen's father, I think in between, it was either seventeen dollars to $19,000 in a parking lot in New Jersey to ensure that Brian Bowen went to Louisville. I mean, it, it sounds like there was just a bidding war going on here between schools for these guys, which uh, Nike, or excuse me, Oregon is a Nike school, which is which is very interesting because, because I mean, as I read a quote where, um, I think it was uh, the Mel Code said that, like, they wanted to keep these guys going, they wanted to keep these guys going to Adidas schools. They did not want them going to Nike because they wouldn't get them back. Uh, they wouldn't profit off the guys. So they wanted to keep them going, you know, from AU ball to college to the pros. They wanted to keep, they wanted to keep it close. They wanted to keep them close and go to Adidas schools. 
in. It sounds like Nazir Little and Silvio De Sosa. It sounds like Maryland was was prepared to pay him, Silvio De Sosa and his family a lot of money. And then I think it was Miami and Arizona were going to have a bidding war for Nazir Little. Then the scandal broke last last year, and he opted up to obviously everyone kind of jumped ship on a lot of those schools and then they ended up going he ended up committing to North Carolina so I mean this could be this could be big time and um, what's interesting is that Sean Miller and Bill Self are both on the witness list they could be called to testify in court in federal court and it's you know it's something like you know people I think a lot of people think nothing's going to come of this and, and very well nothing could but, um, I mean, they're going to be under oath. Like, I, the truth is going to come out, whether they like it or not. I mean, if they don't, it's obviously that's that, that's perjury. That is that is a is very illegal. Um, so it's just going to be it's going to be very interesting how this stuff uh, all plays out. You know, because I mean, Arizona, both you know, Arizona was kind of starting to get their momentum back. Um, in recruiting, I mean, they have Nico Mannion, uh, or the the rumors of Sean Sean Miller being fired have, have totally died down. He's kind of, you know, they've kind of right, righted the ship a little bit, um, and now it's like it, it. I mean, if Sean Miller's questioned, it, it, he could end up having to spill the beans. <laughs> so it's it's very it's very interesting how this will go. I mean, this again, it's only day three. You gotta think other schools are gonna be involved. I mean, obviously, like the main ones. Um, so let's see. It said, that, yeah, the, there was only four schools that were mentioned in the indictment: Kansas, Louisville, Miami, North Carolina State. But it sounds like it's going much, much deeper than uh, much. You're spreading out much more than just those four schools. Um, yeah, it, it it remains uh to be seen, you know. Obviously, I'm I'm still kind of like I see this kind of this stuff on Twitter. I kind of read some of it and then I move on. So I'm not, you know, actively following it. You know, I'm not following it super closely, but I do kind of, you know, know the the outside details. But um yeah, I mean this again, it's it's only the beginning. It is it is only the beginning, but yeah, I mean Silvio De Sosa, who played on Kansas last year. I mean, that's an interesting one for Kansas. I mean, they are they have a top two team this year. I mean, they are looking really, really good. They're they're a really good basketball team. Um, they're going to be really good this year, but this could derail everything depending on what happens. Um, and then to go along with, you know, like, and and in Arizona as well. Like again, they're getting the momentum back. UNC with Nazir Little. What what if he ends up not being able to? What if what if he gets ruled ineligible? Um, just a lot of interesting stuff that that's definitely worth keeping on. I mean, obviously, right now in the short term, you know, get, guys are preparing for the season. And not much word as you know, n- nothing's really um, no one's really said like this or that it specifically could happen to any any player at this point. Um, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I know guys that are some of the guys that are in the NBA currently are being you know talked about. Like Markel Fultz is in the middle of this. Kyle Kuzma is in the middle of this. Um, who else? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't I cannot remember who else. I, I know like I think Romeo Langford has been mentioned because I you know, IU being an Adidas school and there's been you know. But he, well, he's not in the NBA. He's going to be playing this year, hopefully. But uh, just, yeah, I mean, it's something to definitely, definitely keep an eye on. Or Dennis Smith, that's a, that's another one. I mean, I think someone said that, you know, North Carolina State paid ten to ten to $20,000 to get Dennis Smith to to go to North Carolina State. So, I mean, just definitely something to keep an eye on. Um wasn't able, yeah, not able to talk a ton about it because I'm not extremely, obviously what was in the courthouse, not extremely um, knowledgeable on the issue, but obviously as this thing continues to drag out, um, I will keep you updated. Now onto something that I know a little bit more about, 
as far as basketball, college basketball goes, recruiting. So let's start off. There has been a ton of commitments in the past 48, 72 hours. Um, to recap a few, it, it really started over the weekend. Um, uh, Louisville added on to their class. They have a really nice class going on. We'll talk a little bit about specific classes and kind of like uh, what to look for going into the fall signing period. But Louisville added to their class with, uh, let's see, Quinn Slazinski. Slazinski, I believe is how you pronounce his name, from Huntington Prep. Isaiah Wong committed to um, Miami. That's a top 100 player. And Kansas State had three commitments, I believe, over the weekend, uh, two of which being uh, Juwan Gordon and Demarius Walsh. So they had a really good start to their um, class. And uh, Kansas added a, a point guard after. So after the whole, you know, Marquise Jacob decommits, now they bring in um, Isaac, Isaac McBride, a combo guard from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, Jalen LeCue, a guy that, I mean, a lot of big-name programs jumped on. I know Kentucky offered him uh, in late April. Um, kind of a really odd recruitment. Um, he cut it to seven, I think, maybe a month ago. And, you know, he ends up at at North Carolina State. You know, you know really bouncy guard, going to be a nice player, going to be, you know, two- or three-year guy, but definitely someone that Kevin Keats can work with for the future. Anthony Harris committed to Virginia Tech. He was actually on an on a, or was on an official visit, excuse me, to Duke over the weekend, and Duke seemed to have some momentum, and then they didn't offer him. They just kind of like let him go, and he he ends up at Virginia Tech. Uh, TCU they they've had a they've had a nice little run of success in recruiting. Uh, got this kid from Australia, at least that's where it's twenty four seven Sports says he's from. Francisco Farabello, point guard, six one one sixty five. Uh, they adjusted his ranking. He is 87th in the country. So pretty good get for TCU. And obviously Florida has had the best last two days, getting Omar Payne, big man from Monteverdi, and the big fish, Scotty Lewis, the guard from New Jersey. So that was recapping the past few days. I mean, a lot just – Domino is starting to fall a little bit in this class of 2019. But let's talk a second about Duke. Duke is currently over in the class of 2019. Now, to put this in perspective, Kentucky at this point last year only had one guy. They had Emmanuel Quickly. They had already missed on um, on Cameron Reddish. Excuse me. Um, it didn't look like Keldon Johnson was. It looked like Keldon Johnson maybe was going to Texas or or North Carolina State. Tyler Hero was committed to Wisconsin. E.J. Montgomery had just decommitted from Auburn, but still no interest for, for UK. Um, now, granted, they did look pretty good at this point for Bull Bull, Zion, but R.J. Barrett, eh, don't know yet. So, it is early. Like, UK ended up with the number two class, and of the players, so the players that they added, so you had quickly already committed, Tyler Hero was on Wisconsin, or committed to Wisconsin. E.J. Montgomery committed to, to Auburn, or recently decommitted, but, you know, not really mutual interest there. Ashton Hagens was in the class of 2019. And, you know, if we're, I don't know, counting grad transfers, um, Reed Travis was playing, ready to play his, uh, his junior season for Stanford. Um, and then Kelton Johnson was like, eh, didn't know yet whether he's going to go to UK. And they ended up with a pretty good class, and now Kentucky's probably, probably going to be the top team, team in the AP poll to start the season. So it's, it is early. Great. But, however, Duke is in a little bit of trouble. Um, they, haven't ca- they did not cast a wide net for this class, and that's a problem when you start missing on guys and when you start fading on guys. So it was kind of presumed for the last year that Brian Antoine, Antone, how are you going to say it, um, was going to Duke. I mean, I, it just kind of was like, you know, it seems like a Duke lean. Seemed kind of like a Dukey, right? Combo guard, you know, big scoring guy, uh, you know. Yeah, just, you know, good overall score, 
seemed to kind of fit that Duke mold. I mean, he just seemed like a Dukey. And just out of the blue, after an unofficial visit to Villanova, boom, going to or going to uh, the Villanova Wildcats. No, I didn't really see that one coming. I mean, it was an unofficial visit, you know, and boom, he, you know, he pops. And then, so that's one guy. It's like, well, that guy was probably going to go to Duke. So that's kind of a big loss. But you got, okay, we still got Josiah James. Because their team this year, I mean, you have three guys that are definitely going one and done. Um, Trey Jones, he could stay. There's a possibility there. But if he has a season like his uh, older brother did, he won't. So that's four, potentially. And then your bench isn't very good. Um, you have Joey Baker, who will probably redshirt this year, coming back. Marquise Bolden isn't playable. Javon Delorier is not a starter caliber, especially not for Duke. Um, and really none of the rest of the guys are that they have on their team. So they need players, and they need kind of everyone. They need a big, they need some guards. They, they, I mean, they're going to lose three wings. So they need, they need, they need some bodies, that's for sure. Um, and then Josiah James goes on an official visit to Clemson, shuts it down, and then, he, again, Clemson just keeps getting the chair pulled from out under him. They thought they had Zion locked up, and then they thought they had this Josiah James kid locked up who's from Charleston, South Carolina, so it's an in-state kid. It's two in-state kids, top 15 in-state kids in two consecutive classes that they have lost out to. Josiah James, you know, totally uh, surprised everyone, ends up Tennessee, community of Tennessee. I mean, this is this is kind of like big stuff for for Duke, and and then Anthony Harris, you know, they get him on campus, and I think it was more not really that they were pushing to get him to commit, so they they didn't want him, and then they let him go. But they need bodies, and not that Anthony Harris is like is gonna be the the big difference here, but they could use they need they need guys, and he's a really good defender from what I've. Uh, from the scouting reports that I've read on them, they could use some defense on the perimeter. They haven't had that the past two or three years. And then now with Vernon Carey and Isaiah Stewart, you know, Vernon Carey is another guy kind of everyone thought he was going to Duke for the last, like, year. And now kind of, like, going into the late summer, now fall, people think, eh, maybe UK and Michigan State might be the top two teams in that recruitment. Isaiah Stewart, another guy. People thought he was going to Duke right around this time last year. I think this is kind of when Duke kind of, or when Duke kind of started putting, uh, putting on the heat for him. They offered him, and then they you know started recruiting him pretty hard. And you know he, Duke had made his list, and all of a sudden Kentucky comes in, and they get a visit. And Isaiah Stewart is un, unsure if he's going to visit any more schools. And if he doesn't, he ain't going to Duke. And, you know, like Matthew Hurt, that's a guy, you know, they've they've offered Cole Anthony. It seems like North Carolina has all the momentum in the world for him. You know, James, they, they didn't even recruit James Wise. And Matthew Hurt, I mean, they could get him, but there's about 10 other schools that could get him as well. It's That's going to be a tough one to, to, to win. I'm trying to think of who else that they've uh, – you know, Wendell Moore, that's kind of their guy right now. That, that's that's the guy that, like, keeps Duke in high regard. But you could – I mean, Wake Forest is a team that's been recruiting him for a long time. You'll, we'll have to see. That is not a given. I mean, Duke will probably land him. I think that's that, that's the bet. That's my prediction. But very well could go a different direction um, if it happened. You know, different direction as this thing goes on. Um, I don't know if he's visited Duke yet. Let's see here. <clears throat> Yeah, my guess though would be it's either Duke or Wake Forest for, um, for Wendell Moore. Let's see here, timeline popped up. Here we go. Um, so okay, yeah, he has he's he officially visited Duke uh, the weekend September twenty second. That was a Saturday, and then the next week uh, or this past Saturday, he was at Wake Forest, set to visit Carolina October twelfth. I don't think he ends up in Carolina. Could could though that could change. Some guys go on a, vi- a visit and they fall in love with the school. Could change, but that's I mean in the fact that like he ha- he he's gone to Duke and he's still taking visits. He didn't shut it down after that. You know, Scotty Lewis is another guy. They didn't even make the they made uh, uh, I guess his his the first two rounds of cuts and then it was down to UK and Florida. 
never really got close. It's, it's never really got close to getting him. Really interesting stuff that Duke is struggling so much in recruiting. They've offered this kid out of uh, this combo guard, Boogie Ellis from out west, but no visit scheduled again. He's going to visit Carolina. Will he go to Duke too? That's um, that's definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, Drew Timmy was a guy I think that Duke, you know, maybe was going to start going in, uh, go, you know, putting some eggs in the basket there, uh, center from Texas, and then they didn't make his cut and never offered him. So it's like, who's Duke going to get? And why are they struggling so bad? I mean, I kind of laid it out for you. And Jade McDaniels cut his his list to five. Now, I feel like his, his recruitment is more open. If Duke wanted to make a push, they very well could. But another list they got left off of for now. You have, to, you have to take the kid for his word. Those are the five schools he's considering and the five only until someone else, uh, until he lets another team in. So, like... And then, again, if, if, if Isaiah Stewart, I know Duke's on his final six, but if they don't get a visit, he's not going there. He's only visited two schools. So wh- why is Duke struggling? I think a, a big part of it, obviously, is Capel. Jeff Capel uh, left Duke in the, in the spring after the season, obviously, and turned up at Pittsburgh. He's, gonna be, he's the Pittsburgh head coach now. Um, I think that hurt. I mean, that was kind of like their closer. That was their uh, there was the, their Mariano Rivera. Like that's the dude they put in the ninth, and he kind of shut it down and, and closed the deal. I mean, that's that's how they got Cam Reddish. I think that was a big part of how they got R.J. Barrett, and in recruitments in the past, like he he's been an integral part. I mean, that that's he's the closer. He he's the big. So him him leaving was big. Um, I think. Another part of it is kind of this offseason, a lot of stuff has come out about Duke in that, like, they've made, you know, in, in, their, in some of Case's coaching style, a lot of promises not fulfilled. And a lot of on the recruiting trail telling, you know, kind of sugaring it up for some of these kids and then not falling, kind of, kind of a two-faced kind of a deal. So I think it's really interesting for um, – you know, that all that stuff came out. I mean, you had, you know, Wendell Carter. Now, Wendell Carter is well off. The man was, the dude was picked ninth or uh, seventh overall, um, and he had a great season at Duke. I think he, he was, if he didn't average double doubles, close. Now I know Bagley was picked ahead of him. Maybe Carter gets even higher, but he was pretty successful regardless. Um, but but still, I mean, he has a voice and worth listening to it was mom it wasn't him saying like you know they were they were pretty upset that duke went after bagley like duke told wendell carter you're going to be our front court guy we're going with you and they told him that for i mean probably a a year like he kind of figured that i mean carter coming to duke in the fall of uh, 2016 so i mean and, and bagley remember joined the team in august of 2017 so I mean, for a year he's thinking, man, I'm I'm the guy, and you see you know, mass exodus, uh, you know, Mill Jefferson graduates. Um, you have Harry Giles, it, you know, goes pro, and Marquise Bolden doesn't look good, so it's like, okay, I can play over him. I mean, Wendell Carter's the dude. He is the dude in that front court, heading into the season, and then Bagley joins the team. Uh, really a month before the season starts, for the official college basketball season starts. I mean, that, that's tough. I mean, it, and, and that's kind of, a, you know, if, if you were promised on the trail, hey, you're, you're going to be our guy in the front court, then all of a sudden you get a guy that's even better than you. They just add a guy over top of you. I mean, that's, I mean, and, and look, Duke, it, it, if they could get Bagley, you go after him. Every school in America was. But you don't make promises like that. And then the stuff that came out about Simeazola, uh, Simi Ajolier, um, and how Coach K interacted with his mother. Um, you know, I think both K and Nate James, you know, talking about how great Simi would be and how he's going to be this awesome guy. And then when he doesn't play, and his, you know, they his parents question it. They're talking. They kind of, they kind of, they uh, 
put a knife in his back, say, oh, he, he's got a bad work ethic. He doesn't work hard. He doesn't, he doesn't want it. And, you know, Coach K screaming at his mom. And not a good look. Not a good look at all. And I think, I honestly do think that that has somewhat of an effect. I mean, you, you go to, you know, Villanova, for example, like, like you don't hear anything about Jay Wright making promises he can't keep. And, and, you, and the success that program's had the past two years – Rick Barnes at Tennessee. I mean, Josiah James is going to be the guy there, obviously, but he would have been the Duke, the guy at Duke. He was he was a day one starter for them probably. Um, but I think that stuff had has had an impact. Like people listen to that, and just the way you know, and all the transfers. I mean, Simeone a transfer and you know, Jordan Tucker. Jordan Tucker is a guy we really don't talk about. So over the, after Duke lost out on Kevin Knox, they they turned to Jordan Tucker and say, We're we need you. And he, you know, he takes the offer. Um and then he really doesn't play and he ends up transferring. You know? And and I think that's that you know, like, oh, we wanted to fill a roster spot, so please come, we'll 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 play you. You're gonna be an integral part of us and not even not even halfway through the season he's out. I mean that that kind of a deal. You know, and every school has transfers. Like, I mean, Kentucky, um, and I mean, you know, Carolina, Carolina, Kansas. Every school has transfers. Like, you know, you just you go there. You think it's going to be one way. It's not. You you want a better a better fit. You go. And that's fine. But Duke has had an astronomical amount of transfers in the past five years. I mean, a lot of guys. Um, and you know, I mean, Derek, the Derek Thornton thing was a was a big deal. You know, he, you know, I, I know some people have said, you know, they they downplayed it. Oh, he didn't, K didn't kick Thornton off the team. Blah blah. blah. I mean, I, I think he did. It sounds like he did. He needed an extra spot for Marquise Bolden in that 2016 class, and Derek Thornton didn't play too well. They had point guard Frank Jackson coming in, and. Okay, said, get out of here. I, I really think that's kind of, you know, maybe not exactly like that, but I think that along those lines, it's kind of what happened. It makes sense. Logic fits. Um, and I, I don't know why so many people came to K's defense of that because if, if Cal or really any other coach in, a, in America did such a thing, maybe not Bill Self because he's, he's a media darling, but most coaches would not get a pass for that. But Coach K is one of them that does. Um, I, and I think it's really interesting that like guys are saying no to Duke. Like I think it's a, I think it has gotten a lot easier to say no to Duke. Between Chesky's old age, and I think he he is very close to retiring, and I think that um, I think that if you know they don't do well in this class, and all these guys go pro, I think I think. I genuinely think that Coach K is going to be tempted to retire after this season. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just it makes a lot of sense. Like y- you lose all these guys, you really don't get a good class coming in. Ah, why bother, right? I mean, he's kind of been flirting with this. Like we're gonna with the one and dones. He's been even more extreme than UK has been, and UK has lost a lot of guys. I mean, they've lost at least I think it was. I think the number is UK has lost at least seven guys since um, the 2014-15, the, the exodus of that team. they've Each season, into season, they've lost at least seven players. It's something ridiculous like that. Duke's even worse. Like this year, Duke re- replaced their entire starting five. There was no one left from their starting five. The year before that, much of the same. Kennard gone. Frank Jackson gone. Um, Harry Giles gone. Tatum gone. I mean, they were everyone at Allen. I mean, Allen's been the one guy that's been staying. And the year before that, I mean, they, you know, Brandon Ingram, Thornton, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, Chase Jeter, uh, another guy that um, he he actually he transferred the year after that, but still transferred. And I didn't even mention so Trayvon Duvall. I mean, he sent out tweets. I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, saying like. Best to sit, you know, wouldn't have left or wouldn't have left regardless, 
or, or excuse me, not wouldn't have wouldn't have stayed regardless. I mean, and, and, the, and I think he was hinting at you know I wasn't drafted, but I didn't really care. I, I was I was coming out. I was leaving Duke regardless of what I of what input I got. I didn't I I didn't want any part of that, and, and it makes sense. Like recruit recruit over him. Didn't I don't think didn't develop him in the way he he needed to to improve his jump shot and really Duke did not help him with that, you know. And and it's not I mean yes I mean every team has has guards that have not been able to shoot, but like didn't really showcase him at all in that offense. And by the end of it, he was actually pretty darn good. I mean that Kansas game I think he had twenty plus points. Big reason they were in that game. I mean Kansas kind of had a steady lead in that second half. They came back. And I mean, the fact he just kept getting in the line. He had a really nice game, um, and he didn't want really want anything. I don't think his experience to do was a good one. That's what it, not what it sounds like. So it's going to be really interesting what happens with this Duke recruiting class. Like they, you know, Carrie, they still got a shot. They're they're going to be in it, and I think that you know they they have an official visit set up. I don't think Carrie, I don't think has begun his official visits. They. And maybe should be coming up soon. I know he's going to Big Blue Madness. Um, let's see. He visits Duke October nineteenth. Visits Carolina the the uh, the second. Um, visits yeah UK is the first. Well, technically he took an official visit to Michigan State way back in fe- February, but for this fall period, UK is the first one. Then Duke, then Miami, then Carolina. Fish. Finishes up his official visits in November. Could end up taking another one to Michigan State with the new uh, official visit rule. And you know, but Cole Anthony, I, I mean, they got a chance with Cole Anthony. I think I think they'll they'll have a shot. I think with with Isaiah Stewart. I mean, it's all about his will. He set up a visit. I think if they set if he sets up a visit to Duke, you definitely have a shot. But I think. I think Villanova and Michigan State may be ahead of Duke at this point. I mean, and it's amazing. Going into kind of August, it seemed like the te- like Duke was the team to beat by a decent amount. Like, it seemed like he was going to Duke all along. And then all of a sudden, he you know, he's been on Michigan State's campus a couple times unofficially. He goes to Washington, of all places, for his first official visit, and now UK. And it's a real chance he doesn't take another visit. Um there's, I mean, he's going to look to decide fairly soon, within probably the next four to five weeks. And you got USA trials coming up this weekend, so no official plan. He's running out of weekends. And then you got high school basketball starting up. And, you know, he's he's been quoted saying, yeah, I, I kind of want to spend some time with, you know, you know, my family, really think this over, and then spend some time with my team while, while Lumiere. Um so I, I think it's really interesting that he he may he may shut this thing down, and if he's you know if he goes to Kentucky, say yep I, I can I can succeed here I can get to the NBA here. Um, he's been very vocal about being one and done, and I, I can get to the NBA and um, you know succeed not not playing in the G League like start day one. This is the place I can do that, and he just may call it. He may call it. So I you know we'll, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, I, you know, just point. I wanted to point out uh, the Duke struggles, and they. I mean, losing their top two guys, they're not. They're only leading with one guy at this point, and they are going to lose an abundance of players. So, uh, definitely thought that was worth mentioning. All right, I want to talk a little about a little bit about UK recruiting because um, another team is going to lose a lot of players. Um, so obviously the Scotty Lewis thing for for Florida. I mean, Mike White's rolling. This was their this was their guy. Like this was to put it in perspective. I mean, this was you. This was like UK for Wiseman. If they beat out Memphis for Wiseman, this was kind of this was kind of the big recruiting win Florida needed. Florida ain't getting a player higher than than Scotty Lewis. It's not happening. They, they ain't getting anyone higher than that. So this was like their guy, and it was the guy they've been recruiting the longest. Like they put in a ton of, ton of time and effort. They have a lot of connections with them. And, and they got him. I mean, they, they put in the work necessary to get a, a top-flight kid. Um, this has got to be, I mean, uh, the only guy I can think that they've landed that's been ranked higher um, 
off the top of my head in recent memory is Casey Hill. Um, I know they had that one kid, Chris Walker. He might have been ranked higher, too, by the end of it. Uh, Scotty Lewis currently 11th. I think Casey Hill was maybe 9th or 10th. He was he was up there. A really highly touted uh, recruit. Wasn't, was okay in college. And Chris Walker, I think he didn't even play. He, he did not play hardly at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is easily, easily the highest ranked recruit Mike White's ever landed. I don't think that's close. I mean, he had Andrew Nimhard last year. Pretty good. Pretty good point guard. Probably going to start for them this season, replacing Chris Chioza. Um, but yeah, no, they put they, they put in some work. So where where does UK go from here? Because this was kind of this the way I saw this was this was like Tyler Hero's replacement. You know, and I mentioned UK last their Bahamas tour, and I I think you know if I had if I had to handicap UK's decisions right now, and this is this is way too early, but this but as of now in October, because it's fun because because I can. If I had to put it, I, four guys I think are definitely actually is it four or five? Well, we'll go through. I think Tyler Hero is definitely gone. Kelton Johnson's definitely gone. I think PJ Washington is definitely gone. And Reed Travis is. I mean, that's the one lock. Like he he doesn't have any more eligibility. But the other three: Hero, Johnson, and PJ Washington. PJ Washington was almost was like very close to leaving. A season ago, very, very, or after this season, excuse me, he's very close to leaving, and he didn't. So I think that kind of tells you what it is. Um, with Johnson, I think he's going to be a top ten pick. I don't think it's close. I think he is going to blow a lot of people away. I think in you know NBA, there was an NBA scout um, that watched him in Bahamas. Said they love the dude. I, this dude's going to be a. a Big, like lottery pick could could go you know, definitely top I think definitely top 10 could go top 5 I don't think it's close I think it's very likely and then with Tyler Hero he keeps that up dude he's he's going he's going lottery I mean he he is more ready coming out of UK you know the word out of UK is that he is more ready to go than Jamal Murray and Malik Monk were and look where those guys got picked. And look how good they were. I mean, Jamal Murray scored 20 points in what, like 10 straight games? Was picked 7th in the draft, 2016 draft. And then you had um, Malik Monk, who, <laughs> you know, that guy put up, what, 47 points in a game? Um, averaged almost 20 points a game, went 11. Those are lottery picks. Those are big-time lottery picks. If Tyler Hero can can defend anybody and continue to build off his performance in the Bahamas, no doubt he's going pro. I don't think it's close. So I, and I think he will. I, I think by the end of it, he's going to be like, he's going to be a superstar. So that leaves, now we got two in the probably gone. EJ Montgomery, Hagens. I think Hagens, I think he wants to be a one and done. I think he wants to be a one and done. That doesn't mean he is. There's, there's been a lot of guys, just because you want to be a one-and-done doesn't mean you always end up being a one-and-done. The Harrison Twins wanted to be one-and-dones, and they weren't. I think Nick Richards wanted to be a one-and-done. He wasn't. I think he, like, LeBron James' new documentary series, I think it fe- featured Nick Richards, and he literally told people, I wanted, he told them, I wanted to go one-and-done, just didn't happen. So there's a lot of guys that want to go one-and-done, and it just doesn't happen. Some guys stick to the plan, some don't. How many do you Low, he stuck to the plan. He uh, he opted to go the pro route, even though he didn't have the best season. Um, but it ended up working out for him. I'm pretty sure he's still on the Thunder, and he got picked. So it, it who knows? Who who knows what any of these guys would truly do? But it's my thing, and you know, I, I think Hagen's, you know, he came in to the team. He's a little bit raw offensively. He still has a long way to go in that area. He's not an elite shooter. It's just my belief that I don't think guys that can, or in today's NBA, that, that don't score well are going to, you know, be big-time players. Um, 
especially at the guard positions. So I, I just I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does this season, how he develops. I think by the end of it, he could be, he could be awesome. Who knows? And you know what? If he is, it means UK is probably pretty good. But um, yeah, because there's I, right now there's draft boards that'll that have him all over the place, right? Like I think Jeff Goodman when he released his kind of way too early lottery had. Hagen's ninth, and then Gary Parrish released his and didn't have Hagen's on it at all. I think that's that's going to be a lot the consensus. Like some guys will have him pretty high, and some won't. So I, it'll just it'll be interesting. I think his development this season will be something modern. And then you have EJ Montgomery. You know, I think another guy wants to go pro when it done super skilled, um, the highest ranked recruit in Kentucky's recruiting class. Um, but you really didn't get to see him a ton in the Bahamas, and from by all accounts, he's a little bit behind. So, I mean, he'd catch up pretty quick. Don't don't get me wrong, but you saw Richards; he was behind last year, and he's still pl- he's a he's back. So, um, very well could go pro, but there's an off chance that it just doesn't really happen for him this year, and he's back. I, Nick Richards was a guy that this point last year I would have said probably gone, right? And he's back. So, I mean, there, there's always a surprise, like a guy, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a guy everyone thought was going to go pro or stay, and then he goes pro. Excuse me. Everyone thought he was going to stay. He's going to be a, a multi-year guy, and then he's lottery pick. Um, so there's always surprises either way. So those are the, those are the two, I think, probably 75% chance they're, they're going to go pro. The guys I think – or the one guy that is 50-50, in my opinion, is Nick Richards. Um, if he plays like he did in the Bahamas and keeps it going, probably gone. Good chance. If not, you know, if he still remains inconsistent, which I think there's a, there's a, you know, there's a chance. I mean, the Bahamas, he was dominant the first two games, and he kind of faded away a little bit. Um, but he still was awesome overall. Still had an awesome tournament. Still, you know, a different player, much more skilled, much more confident, um, just overall better. Much better, better feel, much better feel for the game. Um, but he still has a long ways to go, in my opinion, to get back in that first round range. Like, I think again, I said this. I think, I think the scouts were like, "All right, nice performance. You will come back during the season. You keep doing that. You'll be, you'll be up, up the boards. You'll be in the lottery range. But if he doesn't, you know, he'll be sitting at second round range, and I don't think he wants to go there. So. Um, but he also could feel pressured. Hey, I've been here two years. It's time to, you've done your time. You need to leave. So I think him. It's fifty-fifty. I think there's definitely some things that could keep him. That could, we could see a junior Nick Richards, or there's some things that could say that kind of uh, potentially suggest he go pro after this season. Uh, I think the guys that are pro, that are likely to stay, like I think, pretty good chance. Jamal Baker. I think there's hundred percent chance. He's he's either staying or he's transferring. He ain't going pro. But I think he'll stay, especially with the miss of Scotty Lewis. I mean, that's less guard he's going to have to compete with. And then um, both Quickly and Quade Green. I never thought Quickly was a one and done. He, most of the guards in this class or in the class of 2018 are probably going to stay a year. I mean, I think the exceptions are Darius Garland and maybe Ashton Hayes. And, you know, I uh, – Quentin Grimes, but he's more of a two-guard. I mean, I'm talking mainly the point guards. Most of the point guards, it was kind of a weaker point guard class as far as, like, elite talent. Like, the previous one, the one or the or not the previous one, but the one two years before the 2016, uh, I mean, that, that class was just loaded with point guards. I mean, they were just all, like, tons of one-and-done potential. You know, Dennis Smith, um, Darren Fox, Something cool else. I mean, you know, Frank Jackson, for that matter. A lot of one and dones there. A lot of elite talent. And then even in 2017, you had Shea, you had Colin Sexton, you had Trey Young. This class, I don't think you're going to have a lot of guys like that. I mean, I think Darius Garland, good chance he's a one and done. I think, you know, Hagen's probably one and done. Trey Jones, I think, is 50 50. I think he very well could. But the rest of them, like, I don't, I don't think Darnell. Or not Darnell, excuse me, Devin Dotson for Kansas. I don't think he's a one and done. The Colby White, that's at um, UNC. I think he'll play point guard this year. I know he's listed as a combo guard, but I don't think he's going pro. 
um, after this year. And I don't think Quickly is either, because I think Quickly, you know, he he's not a freak athlete. He's not a not an elite scorer, but he's good at everything. Not really great at one thing. I mean, but he looked awesome though. Hamas. I mean, he he looked to be someone of a difference maker there. Has a really good feel for the game. I think that's a guy you're probably going to see back. And I, I think for him, I don't think the intention was I'm here to be a one and done. I don't think that was really his intention. I think he really enjoys the whole Kentucky atmosphere. I mean, he was the first guy to commit. I mean, this guy was all Kentucky. And I think he wants to really – I think he wants to soak it all in. So I think that's not a guy that you're seeing that you're like, yeah, this, this dude's one and done. Not just because they commit early um, <clears throat> or, you know, commit the earliest in class. It doesn't necessarily mean they're just going to stay. But I think for him – I think the experience is a big part of it. And I think this guy, you know, he wanted to go to Kentucky. He wants he wants to be coached by John Calipari. I think that's that's a factor for him. And Quade Green again, I, he's not a pro. He this dude was never going to be a one and done. It just wasn't going to happen. So it, it just doesn't didn't really make sense um, for him to to think ah, I'm. Going pro after even year two, I, he was always kind of in that build of a three, four year point guard, which is there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way some guys come, and I think with Quade Green, that's the case. And I think um, I think he really embraces being a Kentucky Wildcat. I think he, I think he's going to thrive in that leadership role, and I think he's going to really enjoy it. And you know, he's not going to see his his name uh, on the draft boards on many of them. And you know him being you know a six foot point guard that's not you know, not Trey Young esque, that's you know you know scoring at bunches of points, you know doesn't command the ball as much. He you know he's he's going to be not an afterthought, but he's kind of like a secondary guy. But I think he's going to thrive in that role of uh, this season. I think he's really going to enjoy it. So I I think he's a guy that stays. All right. So with that being said, UK currently has. Um, Tyrese Maxey, obviously, first guy to commit back in May, committed point guard. He can play either point guard or two guard. He can play on and off the ball. A lot like Quickly. Like, Quickly's not going to play on the ball a lot this, this season because that's, that's Hagen's. Um, but Tyrese and Tyrese Maxey, in that way, they're similar. They, he can play on or off the ball. He's very comfortable either way. And you have Khalil Whitney, who I think could end up playing as a two guard at UK. I mean, a 6 7 two guard very well could happen. Um, because he's an elite scorer. I mean, and, and his jump shot is looking better. I think he shot like 38% during the uh, EYBL circuit. Jump shot's improving. And then obviously Dante Allen from Falmouth, Kentucky, Pendleton County. Um, got got the in-state kid. Uh, in my opinion, I, he's not ranked this way um, in every service. But I, I think he's the best player in Kentucky. In a pretty good class in Kentucky, UK, or excuse me, UK, Kentucky has not been known to produce elite high school talent, and they haven't really in the past past five years. But this is a really good class with him, Kiki Tandy, um, David Johnson, all those. I mean, David Johnson is going to play at Louisville, Allen in Kentucky, Kiki Tandy either Ole Miss or Xavier, probably Xavier. So, I mean, really good class of uh, Kentucky players. And I think Kentucky's got the best one. I mean, the guy he blew up over the summer. That's currently who they have. So, you know, I break down the roster. What are they losing a lot of these bigs? They need bigs. They have their wing. You know, they were going to lose, obviously, Kelvin Johnson, the wing. They've replaced them. They have wings. They have, you know, Whitney and Allen. They have wings. I, I don't think Dante Allen's going to start. I think he's going to be kind of in that, that bench role, especially that first year, like Jamal Baker. But I think he definitely – you know he's gonna have a chance to play at Kentucky, and he's good enough. He's good enough to play. It was that wasn't a pity offer, because fans at Kentucky wanted an in-state guy. I think that's, I think that that's just not what happened. I think Cal's like this guy's really good. I think this guy has a chance going into the NBA. In, into the NBA, because Cal's not just gonna offer an in-state kid just to do it. Like he wants, he, even the guys that you know sometimes get the offers at. The lower um, rankings. I mean, Cal thinks that he can get them to the NBA. I mean, Tyler Hero is a prime example. Shea Gillis example, another prime example. He thinks he can get those guys to the NBA after a year. I mean, obviously, Allen and, and Jamal Baker aren't the case, but I think he thinks he can get those guys in the NBA eventually. Um, same, you know, even with Quade Green, a guy that not built like a one and done, thinks he can get them to the NBA. 
So uh, definitely something to uh, look for with with UK. So I think a lot of it though is you know a lot of it's with the bigs. Now how do they how do they kind of lick their wounds at the Sky Lewis loss? Well, I think with that it was mainly a it was mainly a, um it, it was like the, the icing on the cake. That would have been icing on the cake kind of commitment. It would have been like they didn't need him, but they could have him. Like, like we could use this kid. Like, this is kind of our secondary guy, and he's the 11th ranked player in the class. Because Scotty Lewis isn't going to go out there and tear it up scoring the ball, but he's very athletic. Um, you know, super you know versatile player. Um, I mean, he's just really like he's really solid all around, but he's not an elite scorer. Like Khalil Whitney and Tyrese Maxey are really good scorers. Scotty Lewis is not. Probably will be at Florida more than a year. Um, and if you usually if you have that thought process process, I'm gonna be in school more than a year, you don't go to UK. That's just not the way it works. Usually guys that go to UK want to go to pro after a year. That's kind of the mantra with the school. And if you don't, you usually don't go there. That's kind of the way that it has worked in the past. And that's the way it works now. So um I think, you know, a grad transfer as far as a guard could go, if they need it. I don't think they really do at this point. Um, I think Keon Brooks and Jaden McDaniels, all of a sudden, like, those guys could end up. Those were guys, I think, you know, like Jaden McDaniels has UK on his list. Keon Brooks kind of visit Kentucky, but seen as a heavy Hoosier lean. Those were guys I don't think really realistic options at this point. Maybe, they, and I think right now the money is on them going elsewhere. I don't think UK is, is in a good spot for, or in a great spot with either of them. But I think they have a chance. I mean, they're, they're on the short list for both of them, and UK is going to get an official visit, uh, or going to get Keon Brooks down for an official visit. And I think Jaden McDaniels, I mean, if, if that recruitment goes in the spring, like I think most people think it will, then they're going to have a chance. I mean, as long, the longer that one goes on, the more chance they can, you know, make up ground, build a relationship, and go from there. They need to get, obviously, they need to get them on campus. I bet they will. They need to get them on campus, and um, they need to extend an official offer, too. They have not done that yet. My guess is, though, if Jaden McDaniels really, really wanted to go, go to UK, especially after the Scotty Lewis miss, UK probably have a place for him. Um, but I think those guys, obviously, that's a big one. But I think the big... And Cole Anthony, you know, UK is going to have an outside shot at him. I don't think they're going to get him. I mean, if it goes, if it goes late into the spring, that helps. It, you know, like more time to get him on on camps for a visit, more time to recruit him, relation, you can build a relationship with him. But I think right now, that's you can't assume that. I think right now you have to assume he's going elsewhere. Until and, and until we hear a visit to UK, you cannot assume Cole Anthony really is even a realistic option. You have to get them on campus first. I mean, it's just that's just gonna be the way it is. So I'm not counting on that at all. I think the realist, the realistic option though is returning guards. I mean, you're gonna have, like I said, the three guys I think will return all guards. And Jamal Baker, we haven't seen a play yet. He could end up being a heck of a shooter, and if he can stay healthy, who knows? Like maybe he's a lot better than people think. Maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise. My thing is, if you're a UK fan. Maybe you want Ashton Hagens to return now, because usually you know if schools like Kentucky Duke, with that do the one and done, you want a steady influx, in you know, steady in and out of the of guys. Like you, you want some guys to go pro after a year. You want some guys to leave the program. You want some guys to go to the like. It's it's healthy to have some some. Some guys flow in and some guys flow out. Because if it if they don't, then it gets all cramped. And there's not enough minutes for guys. People get cranky. Um, the locker room, you know, you want, like, if you, I feel like if you really want a superstar team, you got to have some guys go. And then you got to be able to make, you know, got to be able to recruit them. So I think with Ashton Hagens, if you get Sky Lewis, like, eh, you, don't, you don't really, probably it's better off he goes pro for him. And I think that was the thing with Diallo. Like, it would be great if we could have him back, if UK that is, could have him back. But, um, you know, it's probably best for, for the program. We have some guys go, 
and we haven't got to say, and which which is why you you see seven guys leaving and six guys coming in. I mean that that's just the way it goes. So, but I think now maybe you have a spot for Ashton Hagen's stay if he wants to. And year two of Ashton Hagen's is better than Scotty Lewis in general. Year you get a year two of Hagen's year, and I think a year two of Quickly would be significantly better than Scotty Lewis. Um, I think Ty, Tyrese Maxey is better than Scotty Lewis in general. I mean, definitely a better score. I mean, Lewis is more athletic, probably a better defender. I, I don't know, though. Maxey won the EYBL regular season defensive MVP honors. So for, he's pretty good defensively for a guard. And you know, Khalil Whitney, he's, he's better than Scotty Lewis. He's ranked higher than him in, in every industry. So, you know, you have good options already committed and good options potentially coming back. But I think the wild card is Ashton Hagen's. You know, that, that's that's the big one um, for you replacing. Yeah, for the bigs, I mean, the, the Shubway, Oscar Shubway, they've, they've come on strong with him. I don't know if they'll get him. I think it'll be close uh, between him, between um, UK and West Virginia. I, you know, sounds like he wants to go to UK. His, his, the people that shelter him do not. They want him to go to West Virginia. So a lot of West Virginia pool, it, it's it's very similar. It, it's it's kind of similar to Bolton, maybe who preferred to UK, but Mama wanted Duke. That that could happen here, but I think I think UK is in a good spot. We're just gonna have to see what happens after this West Virginia visit, and then you got your big four. And and I think if you had to rank them, if you had to rank the bigs overall for UK, who's the likeliest they're getting? This is what I would go with. Number one, I'm going to add Shubway in this. Number one, Isaiah Stewart. Number two, Oscar Shubway. Number three, James Wiseman. Number four, Vernon Carey. Number five, whew, excuse me, number five, Matthew Hurt. Um, with, I think with Stewart, UK currently leads. And if no visit happens, no other visits happen, they're getting it. With with uh, Shubway and Wiseman, it's really one school to beat. I know Wiseman, you know, he's down to five now. He cut his list to five. And, you know, I, I know Kansas is, is a player. Uh, Florida State and Vanderbilt, a little bit of a player. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to two schools. Um, for, that, that's where – that's the smart – that's the smart thinking as far as Wiseman goes. And with, with Shubway and Wiseman, you got one school to beat pretty much. And I mean, it, but it's gonna be tough. I mean, hometown school for really both of them. With Carey and Hurt, it's not so much UK doesn't. It's like oh, they're they're down. They're down big time. It's not really what it is. It's there's a lot of schools recruiting these guys. With Carey, it's like well, you got four other teams that feel fairly good about themselves. You got four other teams recruiting them hard. And I think right now, Vernon Carey doesn't really know where he's going to school. I think I think with like Wiseman. In Shubway, they have preferences. So, right, like you can kind of like gauge, okay, this guy kind of prefers this school to this school. Like with Kerry, not much preferences. I think, I think UNC is the one school I, I really can't see him going to. And Duke is starting to look that way as well. Um, and with Hurt, like Hurt hasn't cut his list. Hurt doesn't have a list. You know, like he, he is totally open in this process. You know, I know people give Kansas the advantage because he went to, or he um, was coached by Bill Self at the Team USA thing over the summer. But, like, Hurt hasn't publicly said that he, I mean, he's kind of, every time he's asked about a specific school, he kind of, he, he gives him praise. So it's like, well, he, I don't know. He could, he very well could go to Kansas, but I think, I think if you had to, give someone an upper hand is probably Kansas because Bill Self was the coach. And, you know, he's familiar with Bill Self's coaching style. With, you know, with Vernon Carey, you know, it's just, with those two, it's just, there's a lot of schools um, in the mix. So you have to, I mean, you have to beat out. And their schools are even with at this point. That's what I, that's how I handicap them. Those recruitments. That was kind of an unbut, you know, non Kentucky. But yeah, that, that's what we're looking for as far as Kentucky's recruiting class. Uh, some major surprises, though. Uh, 
Louisville and USC. Louisville, so Chris Mass doing some work. Now, it remains to be seen what happens of this FBI investigation that could get them in a lot of trouble. Probably will. They haven't been punished for the um, Brian Bowman payment thing, other than they fired their coach in AD. Um, but as far as like NCAA, as far as handing out punishment, vaca- um, vacating wins from that stuff, which actually they wouldn't have any wins vacated from that because Bowen didn't play. But as far as like, you know, pro- extra pro- probation, uh, losing scholarships, um, tournament ban, they haven't been punished by NCAA for any of that. And USC is another school that's been involved with it. But regardless, they are on fire recruiting at this point. USC has the top class in the country. They will not keep the top class in the country. Um, I think it's going to go to UK. But, I mean, they have a heck of a class. Isaiah Mobley, power forward. Max Og... They have a lot of guys that can't pronounce their names. Ogbon... Ogbon Polo. Ogba Polo. Is that easy? Either way, top... You know, fit or rank 51, really good. Drake London, he's going to play football for him, too, the two-guard. And they just got a commitment from Kyle Sturdivant, the point guard. They have a center as well. It's a five-star. I can't pronounce his name. I'm just going to lay it out there. Um, But really, really good class. I mean, like, their their front court is going to be really good. And then Evan Mobley, who's in the class of 2020, um, Brothers with Isaiah Mobley, who and their father is an is an assistant coach at USC. So they're looking pretty good for him too in the next class. And that dude is the top ranked player in the country. So big time for USC, um, who's all of a sudden looking more like a basketball school than a football school. And then Louisville, uh, like I mentioned, fantastic class. Uh, for for their standards, at least right now, um, yeah, Rick Pitino kind of put together a lot of the same. Play. I mean, I think a lot of it, like they're ranked right now ahead of Kentucky in in the composite twenty four seven composite, and I think a lot of it, like now they very well could get this Aiden Iggy on, and that that would be a pretty big one for them. But th- their classes is it's pretty similar to the Pitino kind of classes, like, um, like last year they didn't even draw a commitment in 2018. And, um, I mean, David Padgett tried, I think, to get a couple guys, and it, just, it didn't happen. Um, but, yes, I mean, Samuel Williamson, they took him away from Kansas, um, made him a priority, had a really good summer and spring, really good shooter. David Johnson, like I mentioned, the kid from uh, from Trinity High School in Louisville, Pretty solid guard all around. Jalen Withers. And that's a guy they had been leading for for a while, and they, they managed to reel him in. They didn't let him slip. And then J- Josh Nickelberry and the the kid I mentioned earlier from Huntington Prep, Quinn Slazinski. Quinn Slazinski. So really good class for Chris Mack. Um, I don't know. Again, um, I don't know how to finish. I I think with Aiden Iggy Hawn. I think Aiden Iggy Hawn is an interesting one to watch. I think if you're Louisville, you want him to commit tomorrow. I mean, obviously. But, like, the longer that goes on, because if, if Kentucky misses on Oscar Shoeboy, I think Aiden Iggy Hawn gets an offer from UK. And if that happens, that could complicate his recruitment. Um, now, Louisville, I mean, Chris Mack, I think, flew to Ireland to, to meet with his parents. Like, they have been all over him. Like, they... They have made him priority one. Well, UK has had a couple of in-home visits. Like, they haven't really made him a, a huge priority. So that could win out. But, I mean, Eon, like, has talked about how he loves UK. He wants that offer. So I think if UK can, if UK misses on Shoeboy, that's the backup option. And they could end up, they could end up extending an offer to him that could get interesting. Other schools, Ohio State, they they just got recently got a, pre, a pledge from EJ Little or Liddell or Liddell, I don't know how you say it. Uh, Villanova has a nice class going. Of course they do. They're they've been rocking and rolling. Uh, Brian Antone, Eric Dixon, uh, Justin Moore. I mean they're they're just kind of they're they're replacing who they're gonna who they're gonna end up uh, who they're gonna end up uh, having to replace after season and 
Eric Paschal, Phil Booth. I mean, they, they have replacements all for those lined up. Um, let's see, Kansas and Arizona have a decent start. Alabama, Auburn both ranked back to back. I think Alabama got a commitment from over the weekend from Jaden uh, or Jalen uh, Shackelford, um, pretty good guard. So yeah, I mean, in, in uh, as I mentioned, uh, TCU and Gonzaga also have nice classes, and Oklahoma, who is going to have a down year this year, weren't coming in at seven with four commitments. They got a guy, Jalen. They got a um, small forward, Jalen Hill from Vegas, committed I think, a couple weeks ago. All right, so that was your recruiting update, if you will, kind of breaking it down. I didn't really get to should have you know, should have little, talked a little bit more about Kansas recruiting. And UNC, UNC, yeah, we'll we'll mention UNC some next episode. They are back as far as recruiting goes. Uh, Cole Anthony, Armando, uh, Baycott, like they they are ready to roll roll again since being cleared by the NCAA, um, and like they are back. They're they're they that definitely they they took a hit from that pretty big time for a little bit. I mean, they, they missed on Brandon Ingram because of that, and some other some other guys. Um, however, they are back, and they may be better. They're gonna they're gonna be up there with the elites. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like they're they're the team to beat in Carolina, not Duke. Um, but anyway, well, thank you all for listening to episode two, season three. Um, again, let me know if you have any comments, concerns. I'll be uh, happy to answer them. And let me know, hit me up if you want, if you want me to talk about something specific. If you have any questions, college basketball related, um, tweet me, email me, text me, uh, what, whatever you got, Instagram me, what, whatever you got to do, do it. Um, but yeah, next up, um, continue to update about the college basketball. Uh, corruption trial, what are you going to call it, um, and talk a little bit about the rankings. I mean, we are, this time next week, we're only, we're less than four weeks from basketball. We are less than four weeks from Champions Classic, which, by the way, those tickets are out. They're probably already sold out. They came out today. Um, so good luck if you, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to get them. You, you, if you didn't get, if you don't have them by now, you're probably not getting them. Let's, let's be real. You're probably not getting them. But you know, there could be some nosebleeds. So go out, get you some tickets, go to that. It's going to be a heck of a night. And, uh, yeah, we'll start previewing some of these teams getting up. or uh, We'll start doing that. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's all i got for, for you all uh, this week. Uh, have a great week. And um, college basketball is among us. Talk to you all next week. Have a great week.